0: Welcome back to Viewpoints Listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Russell Hanby to What's Making News for this Friday the 13th of March. Welcome to Viewpoints again, Russell Hanby.
1: Thanks, Henry. How are you today?
0: I'm pretty well as we look on the 13th. That's that's supposed to be a suspiciously worrying day, isn't it? Bad luck or something?
1: That's right. I forgot the date when you said Friday the 13th today. I thought, oh, yes, it's meant to be a bad luck day, isn't it? But... uh, didn't they have those Friday the 13th Black Friday sales last year and that, I think, on that day?
0: True, and wasn't there way back in uh, the turn of the century, the early 20th century, bad bushfires on a Friday, Black Friday or something, the 13th of yeah. November, December or February? I haven't got yeah, that Yeah, I think it was Black Friday, wasn't it? Black Friday, and what, a lot of people were killed in those... Yeah, wasn't
1: that the 1939 fires they were in Black yeah, Friday? Yeah, it was a long time yeah. ago. Well, well, guess what, Russ? What's
0: that? I've just given you two more bits of homework for next week. I know you love homework as an ex-teacher. Homework number <laughs> yeah. one is... I reckon this one will sort you out. <laughs> where did Friday the 13th get its uh, its name for being a, a spooky bogey day, an unlucky a bad day. day? sort of, yeah. Yeah, where, where, did, where did all that start? Why? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. And secondly... When were those Fridays for fires on that Black Friday? That's the easy one. I right, reckon. I reckon yeah. the other one. Have you got any off the top of your head ideas as to why Friday the thirteenth is is a day that people think is unlucky or bad no, luck? and
1: this is just. That, you know, A lot of people regard 13 as the unlucky number. Perhaps it's just the fact that it's uh, the unlucky date. But we don't have Wednesday the 13th. No, I was just going to say to you, what
0: about Sunday the 13th or Saturday? Yeah. Something must have happened somewhere in the annals of history on a Friday the 13th that have put it into folklore, I guess.
1: I guess so, yeah. It sounds I mean, like it.
0: and I wonder how long it's uh, been around. But it is, it is, it is meant... Today is meant to be an unlucky
1: day, isn't it? It is, yes. So I'll look into that for next week, then. Mm, but also, it's a lucky, it's a my, lucky day for us. That reminds me, you asked me to do. I had one bit of homework. On, yes. On P, PFAS, remember PFAS, the chemical. Yes. And you asked, and you asked what it stood for, etc. Well, it stands for per- and polyfluoroalkyl substances. Usually, polyfluoroalkyl substances. And uh, They're a group of man-made chemicals that have been used since the 1940s and are or have been found in many consumer products like cookware food packaging and stain repellents. And uh, it's uh, found in pizza boxes and uh, various other things. The thing is, there's evidence to show that exposure to PFAS can lead to adverse health outcomes in humans uh, once it builds up. And studies indicate that PFAS uh, can cause reproductive and developmental liver and kidney and all sorts of problems in laboratory animals. So it's, apparently it's in uh, lots of cookware and in drinking water, in localised water and uh, in uh, commercial, it's like in Teflon products or non-stick products. Yeah. They all contained this PFAS. Interestingly, in the United States, they've stopped making it. I don't know what the story is here. I guess we've stopped making it as such.
0: Ah, well, I've got, I'm have got. i going to help you out with your homework here, Russell.
1: Oh, you've got a bit more stuff, have you? Yeah, right?
0: by accident I got an answer to that too and I was ready to gazump you. That's a good word. Remember gazump? Yes. <laughs> it's a version of slam dunk. It means that I've good. got your number. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never got that. I saw a brilliant film on the weekend, just gone, and that particular substance was front and centre to the plot
1: Oh, right, yes. Yeah. You know what the film is well, one called. of those films like uh, Aaron Brockenbridge where the person with the whistleblower on it. Correct, that it was correct.
0: And the, and yeah, the film is
1: called Dark Water. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I read about it, Yeah, yeah It's a very good oh. film.
0: And a whistleblower mm. in 1998 was following up on a farmer's... So I don't want to spoil it for people who might go and see it. A farmer was complaining about contaminated water that was uh, causing the... Uh, his cattle, his cattle to become, uh, to to build, have cancers and basically die. And he was very concerned about that. And he approached a lawyer, I won't go into too much detail, and this lawyer from 1998 to 2015 pursued this case, which grew bigger and bigger and bigger uh, from the beginning to the end. And uh, the company was DuPont. D U P O oh, N T. And right. they yeah, fought tooth and nail against this court case, series of court cases. Um at the end of it you couldn't be too impressed with DuPont. Uh yeah. and um they've paid out many, many millions to a lot of people. And you're right, Teflon. Teflon's yeah, one of those perfect. substances. Mm-hmm. The PFAS, so, as we call it, what it contains are unbroken chains of carbon molecules, and they form an unbreakable uh, bond across them. I think there's eight in that, and uh, it stays in your body forever. And evidence has um, proven that it's a huge health risk.
1: Yes, I mean we heard about it, didn't we? with the, the fire people were using it as a fire repellent. And the, yes. They, 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 What's amazing
0: amazing is that it's still around in things. Um, But if you see dark water, you'll think very carefully about products that might have that uh, substance in it. Teflon's one of them. Uh, Teflon's a derivative, really, from uh, the Second World War where tanks were coated with a substance to protect them from getting wet and damaged. And the substance that they used was uh, unbelievably strong, and out of there came Teflon. which right, a,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, but, but there's a sting. I there's suggest sting. you go and see Dark Water.
1: All oh, right. yeah. And so. it's, it's a very
0: well-made film,
1: too. Is it? Yes. Mm. Uh, okay, sounds interesting. You yeah, won't yeah.
0: buy any more DuPont products after you've been <laughs> through that film, I don't think. <laughs> I'd be very surprised uh, if you didn't. And the lawyer involved, the very courageous man, and he paid a big price in many ways.
1: Mm. Mm. Well, anyway, listen, well, we've spent half our time I'm talking about a topic that wasn't making news exactly. So, well done up.
0: on your homework, and I accidentally got into it too. It's amazing. Now, now I'm not going to do any looking up on Friday the 13th, as a bogey All day. Right. I'll leave okay. that one
1: completely to you. All right. Okay. We'll see how we go on that one. <laughs> now
0: we'll get into this week's one. The Age Russell 2.4 billion plan to spread to battle the spread of coronavirus up to 100 pop-up respiratory clinics will be established around the nation to fight the spread of coronavirus under a 2.4 billion federal government plan that also includes subsidised video link consultations and a public health campaign and I think the Australian government is uh, up to its ears in uh, coming up with strategies to uh, to minimise the spread just like they are doing in
1: pretty much every country around the world. Yeah, this week, it seems to be a bit of a step up this week, doesn't it? And authorities are going to take extreme and unprecedented action, they say, to try to control coronavirus with schools to be closed, sporting events cancelled and the whole... Section, sectors of the workforce told to stay home. That's the, down the track a little bit. The AFL is to look at football matches played to empty stadiums and uh, they want retired or vast retired medical workers, doctors and nurses, etc., to be uh, asked to return to the workforce. If the if, it, if the outbreak gets any stronger, and each pop-up clinic, as we talked about, will be able to treat up to seventy-five patients a day over six months, so it's. Uh, it's I think they're trying to beat it and to slow it down as much as they can before it starts. Yes, well, the,
0: the 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 policy, pretty broadly speaking, now Russell is one of containment, isn't it really?
1: Yes. Um, well, that's, arguments that's first... about
0: about its. Uh, uh, the risk of dying or being very ill from it, um, they I guess, the overall framework, but within that framework, it is containment. So, yes, um, we're going to see more and more disruption, I I would imagine. I don't think Australia's seen the peak level of infection yet. And no, as, as the happen. numbers rise, yeah. the measures become more and more stringent, don't they?
1: They do indeed, and... Uh Uh, And they're saying that there could be in the next month or so might uh, be a a peak and uh, do that. But it's sort of a a worry. But uh, you've got to weigh that up against the fear, unnecessary fear. But you've still got to be vigilant, I guess, and be prudent, don't you?
0: Yeah, the balance between panic and prudence um, is a fine line at times, isn't it? And um, emotions get into it and uh, it... uh, it can derail logic, whatever that logic might happen to be. But uh, we are in unprecedented times as far as this uh, uh, COVID-19 is concerned, aren't we?
1: We are indeed. And uh, that sort of leads into the second item we've got, uh, which is sort of similar, isn't it? About schools, from the of some schools play mm. at tape. Uh, schools are cancelling open days and parent-teacher interviews and, uh, amid concern over the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, an example of that is Yarra Valley Grammar, concerned that it cancelled its open day on Saturday tomorrow, despite not having any cases of the virus. And uh, although the principal said, although the risk is slight, the cancellation is to be prudent and exercise the uh, abundance of caution, and many other schools and institutions are following suit. I think on that one now, aren't they?
0: Mm. From the ones that are mentioned in the paper, Russell, those Methodist Ladies College and Yarra Valley Grammar, they're both uh, private schools, and they do operate under uh, different conditions to the government schools. And at this stage, the, at this stage, and that could change by the day, and it and it is. And it is our latest advice is we still. We still adhere to um, high-quality hygiene, which means regular washing of your hands, uh, proper washing using soap, uh, being careful about um, uh, where you, uh, I guess, put your hands, etc., uh, etc. Et um, and secondly, uh, overseas travel is completely banned, um, related to school in any way, and. Uh, at the moment, it's business as usual on other other measures, uh, and it's virtually a day by day. I know the department the government are uh, in constant conversations, and I have no doubt that um, the department is looking very closely at contingencies for if and when schools, government schools are going to be closed in Victoria.
1: Yes. And I, hear, I think some private schools are having an extra two weeks holiday at the first term. Uh, I don't know how many of that are involved, but I did hear that that was on the cards anyway.
0: Mm. Oh, look, um, I think it's only a matter of time before uh, workplaces in education schools are, uh, are closed. Of course, yes.
1: the consequence... well, there was a positive case at uh, the Gold Coast Southern Cross University on Wednesday this week, and they've closed for, for now. And also, I've heard that uh, uh, David Evans, a friend of ours in a retirement village, uh, there's not a case reported, but they've closed all communal pools in the place and the dining room, and they no one, no great groups together. So it's sort of spreading along that, isn't it? Uh, people are taking preemptive strikes. Yeah, the, the measures place. are
0: spreading, and hopefully in advance of the spread of coronavirus.
1: Yeah, and of course in our time village really, they've got a lot more elderly people and yes. they're the uh, people at risk more, At aren't the greatest
0: they? risk, the elderly and particularly those who have a pre-existing major respiratory or, or um, heart condition. When you take a short break, Rush, you can hold the line, I presume?
1: Yes, I can, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome back to Viewpoints, Listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossock. In the middle of What's Making News on this Friday the 13th, the mattress Russell Handby. me before I welcome Russell back. I've had to hose down my producer. He can't help himself. He's got on Google on the computer during the break and he's found out what the reason is. I've banned him from telling Russell. That's called cheating and we're not having any of that. In the Besides, Russell wants to work it out for himself. Don't you, Russell.
1: Oh, yes, yes, I'm dying to do that. There's more pleasure in getting
0: it right, isn't it, yourself?
1: If if someone tells you the
0: answer. Yeah, and, and being a former teacher yourself in an earlier life, you value that sort of diligence, don't you?
1: Yeah, that purse for knowledge, isn't it? uh, (laughs) Personal knowledge. Oh,
0: right. Yes, I wish I could believe you, Russ. Pushing pushing poison in the Herald Sun. Illegal liquid nicotine is being sold rampantly throughout Melbourne despite a host of laws banning the poisonous e-cigarettes product. You don't smoke, do you, Russ?
1: No, I don't. And uh, uh, the um, Quit Victoria, they visited several CBD stores to purchase uh, the alleged black market nicotine, uh, liquid nicotine, before reporting the, to out, the outlets to the uh, Victoria Police. Mm. It's, uh, they found it was easily sold to them, and uh, uh, we, we, the sale of the liquid nicotine uh, could attract fines of $16,500 each. Yes. Uh, the, the Senate passed a motion to toughen its stance and ban imports. Mm. So uh, apparently people in their... Uh, Vaporizing, uh, you know, the
0: e-cigarettes, isn't it? They they use it in. Yes, yes. Well, look, I've never smoked, and uh, so it doesn't apply to me. But um, yeah, look, it's it's amazing that such a poison can be can be so readily accessed, as people who access this tell us. And I mean, stories such as a Victorian eighteen-month-old boy, eighteen-month-old boy, he died in June two thousand and eighteen, Russell, after drinking liquid nic- nicotine that his mother had bought to
1: vape. Mm. Mm. Uh, yes, and last year there were 41 cases of liquid nicotine poisoning, and and even this year so far there have been six. So uh, you know a lot of people are not uh, taking to it too well.
0: That's true, and and it's worth noting that uh, although coroner Philip Byrne last year found legalising liquid nicotine with tamper-proof packaging could cut the risks of other deaths, he did stop short, Russell, of making any recommendation into the highly complex conundrum, as it's called, um, which is the lesser of, uh, I guess, two bad outcomes.
1: Yes. uh, They say a lot of people say they've given up cigarettes because of these uh, e-cigarettes, but other people might be getting around that with a bit of a nicotine hit as well.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's an interesting one, I think. uh, And, of course, um, addiction to nicotine. Nicotine is a very powerful addictive substance, so it's easy for people... It can be easy for people such as myself, who have never been addicted to nicotine, to say, well, give it up. But uh, it it can be a a very, very difficult um, addiction to give up. But Hopefully people can find a better way than e-cigarettes in the long run. What's going on with Facebook, Russell?
1: Yes, well, uh, Facebook uh, imposes political ad rules. The uh, social media tactics of Australia's political campaigners will be laid bare from next week as Facebook imposes new transparency measures designed to bolster discourse on the platform. And uh, from, in fact, March the 18th, Australian political advertising on Facebook will face rules. This is in response to concerns about online misinformation Mm -hmm. and foreign interference in democracy, like in 2018 in the the USA uh, uh, had this problem and brought it in. Uh, Ads about politics, uh, elections and social issues, will need to be authorised by an Australian-based person whose identity will be verified by Facebook. It's uh, all designed to give greater transparency, isn't it?
0: Yes, and the transparency is to be welcomed. Of course, a cautionary note, Russell, it's always with anything a good idea, the devil's in the detail. And Professor Axel Bruns from Queensland University of Technology makes the observation that the... Uh, As he said, the devil will be in the detail. And a library or search-based approach means users could still be exposed to nefarious political content that escaped Facebook's attention. So, I mean, on one level you say, well, (laughs) how do you ever completely eliminate something so, so, you know, any improvement's a great thing versus if there's a loophole, some people will actually work to find it, won't they?
1: They will. And uh, they're trying to give a, a public uh, library, almost a publicly accessible library uh, for the Facebook ads to be documented there. But that'll detail the reach of the posts and the money spent. And also they're going to, for other I- entities that contribute to political uh, discourse like uh, unions and activist groups. But uh, you know, it sounds good in theory, but you wonder how, how successful they can actually do that.
0: That's uh, that is actually Russell a very good point, and it's an interesting thing because Facebook and Google have been accused of uh, putting profits ahead of um, the the well-being of the information on there and people in the past. So you'd have to give Facebook credit for this 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 measure, wouldn't you?
1: Yes, you, I guess so. It's a step in the right direction. It isn't is a a, certainly a
0: step. How big a step. Our step we'll find in time. And I don't have shares in Facebook. Do you?
1: No, no. Yeah,
0: so we're not getting anything out of promoting promoting the good work of Facebook. Uh, odd spot, Russell. This is an yes, interesting. I'm, I'm you just... haven't been fooled by lookalike lions, have
1: you? <laughs> no, I'm just wrestling with the paper in the car at <laughs> the moment to find it, uh, but I've got it now. Um, this is where I'm, I'm doing a sort of a mobile broadcast, you could say today. Uh, only I'm not. New. You shouldn't be. Police in a got, small town be. in the south of Spain thought they were facing a big problem on the weekend with multiple reports of a lion on the loose. When officers in Molina de Segura, they tracked down the beast, they discovered it was actually a large dog, which had had its long hair trimmed over its body and legs, leaving it with a mane and tail that looked a lot like a lion. Police said the escaped dog was microchipped, and they had contacted its owner. So it uh, wasn't a lion, it was just a big lookalike dog. <laughs>
0: Yes. It reminds me of that other one, Russell. We had uh, family friends come over from Europe many years ago and they went to South Gippsland. They'd never been to Australia before. They went to South Gippsland and um, they came back all excited. They'd seen what we thought was a black panther. They'd seen the back half of a black animal disappearing into the bushes. And I said, that's amazing you've been here five minutes and you've seen something that most of us don't see in a lifetime. And uh, I said, it couldn't have been a big kangaroo or wallaby or something. Oh, no, definitely was a, was a black panther. And uh, <laughs> we, we had a good discussion about it. But, um, and I'm not saying they were wrong, but uh, optical illusions can get the better of us at times for whatever reason, can't
1: they? They can indeed, yes. Have you ever seen one of those Panthers. Black Panthers? No, but I've heard, read about them. They've, they Every now and again people crop up and they've even had sort of photographs apparently to show this big black feline thing that they say is the mystery black panther you know yeah well the story
0: goes that back in the second world war american servicemen who were stationed in australia apparently they did bring six or something of these panthers here for some reason and they were let loose or escaped and they're supposedly the basis of the story uh, of course the veracity of that um is is questionable but i remember a few years ago somebody thought they saw one and they had a big picture of it and they actually had the they caught it and they they killed it and they strung it all out and they tested the hairs and it was just an overgrown cat
1: overgrown cat yeah overgrown cat. feral
0: cat it's amazing
1: <laughs> yeah. isn't it it's a, it is amazing but it'd be quite exciting and uh suppose uh, suppose almost uh, alarming for someone if they were in close proximity of this thing, wouldn't they, you know?
0: Mm, the black cat one. takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> so if and when you ever spot one up there, Russell, would you get a picture for me?
1: Yeah, I'll do that and I'll send it to you, yes. You promise? <laughs> yeah, you can put it on your still news link, don't Absolutely. too. You know? Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that takes us out for this week, Russell. Enjoy the rest of the 13th of February. Don't go, what, um, walking under ladders, looking into broken mirrors or letting black... Black Panthers or Black cats no. cross your path.
1: <laughs> I'll try not to, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Take care. That was Russell Hanby, Listeners, what's making news? He's got a whole heap of homework for us next week and we'll find out what uh, Friday the 13th uh, means in terms of being a bogey day. Do hope you have a great weekend. Take care. <laughs>